Thanks for uh, tuning in uh, again today, guys. Uh, so Aurora and I are here. We're going to be uh, talking about live-action reboots and uh, essentially explaining what they are. You know, they're uh, they're basically like taking kids' movies and uh, you know putting them on steroids. And uh, we've seen a lot of people lately uh, showing the pattern of taking their older uh, concepts, their older cartoons animations things like that and turning it into live action reboots um of kids of kids films and these reboots are you know widely popular uh, we and we're going to explore why we're going to look at kind of why they uh continue to skyrocket the numbers up from where these movies were when they were animated and uh and we're also going to talk about how they can go wrong as well because that has happened that has happened it's not like every live action reboot has done super well and we will talk about some of those um so yeah let's uh let's jump into it here and uh before we jump into it again aurora is the two-year-old dachshund on the cover art of this podcast uh she helps me with all the various pieces of content and she watches all this different stuff with me uh Right beside me, usually under some blankets, so she can be super warm, because she likes to be really, really warm. So anyway, jumping into it here. Um, adapting, like, adapting the before films to modern day live action, it's like pumping them with steroids, okay? We've talked about that, and essentially... A live action reboot, for those of you who don't know, we'll give some context here. A live action means that it is not a cartoon, it is not animated, it is not uh, CGI, even though there is CGI in some live actions, but it is it is primarily a live action movie. And what that means is it's live. It's living action, live on camera, and you know it's not just being created behind the computer. There is live acting and things in there. So... You know, some differences of this uh, is you'll look at, you know, movies that have come out recently like Godzilla vs. Kong, things like that. Like those movies come out and yes, there is CGI. There, there's CGI that that is not a massive giant person in a suit uh, walking around. So it is not, you know, 100% a live action movie, but it is still categorized as a live action movie because live people are being filmed and it is being filmed as if it is live okay essentially what you're watching on television if it could be you watching something through a window then it's real then it's live action right if it's if it's real if it's reality it's live action um even if the concepts are kind of wacky and out there you know it's still a live action movie it has real people and it is being filmed you know within the scope of reality okay so the ones that would not be obviously cartoons, you know, things like that, you know, the uh, the Rugrats and those types of things, uh, and even CGI uh, CGI films as well. So you know, you got things like Frozen and all of the Disney Pixar and the uh, you know Universal's DreamWorks. Uh, so th those are not live action because they are based within that CGI framework. They're based within that animated framework. They're not based within um, you know living camera uh and that that's essentially what it is so 
kind of, I don't know, it's kind of clunky to explain. I hope it was a good explanation there, but uh, we will jump in and talk about some of these and uh, kind of distinct some differences. And I love these. I am excited for these. I, I like the live action reboots. I think they are uh, a great concept. They have turned some movies for me that were not necessarily my favorites. And now the live action is like very high on my list. So, you know, I, I agree with the consumers. I agree with most people. These live action reboots are amazing and it does elevate these cartoons and animated CGI films and things to a different level when you have the live action. So I do appreciate it quite a bit. So the first one we'll talk about is not the first one to the screen to do it, but uh, by any means, but this one is a really good example of kind of what it does as far as an injection of energy into the film. And so this one is going to a Disney property, The Lion King. Okay, so it was the highest grossing uh, animated Disney film of its time. It was. It was is the highest grossing animated Disney film of its time, and it was there for so long, so long. And, you know, I love The Lion King. It's a great story. They did a great job in making it. I think The Lion King was definitely one of those levels that Disney hit when they made it that really elevated the entire platform of Disney, and that's when you started to see a lot of the other things start booming because uh, Disney kind of comes in waves, right? It kind of lulls a little bit. Not that it dips down, it never dips down, but it kind of lulls when it plateaus until it hits that next big thing, and then boom, skyrockets again. Okay, so I think you had Lion King. I think another you know platform that elevated was uh, you know when they picked up Pixar and did Toy Story. You know that elevated it tremendously from there. And then you know there's obviously things that have <clears throat> come along later on down the line. You know they they've obviously done the thing with Marvel. They did the Frozen thing, so they've been elevating a lot of their different um, platforms and stuff. And now Star Wars too. So um, this was one of those where uh, it was a, such a dominant animated film for so long, even with so many others coming after it. And so that's why this was such a a great animated film. The new live action adaptation jumped the original film by 50 spots okay and secured the live action oh sorry sorry let me get this correct so the new live action adaptation of the lion king jumped the original film's 50th spot okay so the original film is at 50th on the list of like top grossing films of all time right and they secured seventh all time. That is what the live action Lion King did. It went all the way to number seven. I mean, that's insane. You take something that's 50, <clears throat> 50th on the list and you bump it up to seven. <clears throat> that's amazing. So if I'm Disney, I see that. I'm like, wow. Yeah, we, we need to do more of this, right? Obviously, they did. Okay. The, the big thing here, though, before we jump to the next one, is looking at the concept of animals and putting them in these live-action movies. Because, obviously, you had, like, Men in Black, where, you know, you had the pug dog Frank and everything, um, which I recently went and saw him at, at Universal, so that was interesting to go and actually see Frank perform. But the animals in a live-action 
it, it does come off a little corny, but when it's CGI, today the technology is so good, it is realistic. It is so realistic, and so you feel the emotions of these animals. You know, you take anything that goes on in the real world and put, like, a cute little animal in it, all of a sudden, okay, the emotional hype is automatically, you know, multiplied. And that's essentially what they're doing. So I loved it. I think it's great. I'm super excited about it because the animals are the big things that make these live-action adaptations become so good, right? And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but moving on to the next one, Beauty and the Beast, okay? It's second among these remakes, 17th on the list, right? That's pretty dang good, you know? Top 20, all right, I'll take it. So the film's casting and budget for the film, advertising-wise, was perfect fit for the fans of the story, right? People people really loved it. Um, they loved the casting and Watson and everything. I mean, obviously, a lot of people like her. But if you take the people who grew up, like especially the girls who grew up liking Beauty and the Beast, I think that they would be the exact type of person who would like Harry Potter. I feel like they would transition into Harry Potter pretty well, just from the way that, you know, there was darkness to Beauty and the Beast and stuff that you didn't really see all that much of in Cinderella and things like that. So I think that's why the Harry Potter fans really adapted to loving Emma Watson in this role, and I think that's why it really boosted it. So her being there as a star power and the advertising really made it a really good fit. Um, so yeah, I, I think they did a really good job with it. I I am not the biggest fan of Emma Watson, but I really enjoyed her in that film. I thought it was good. Um, I would have personally casted someone different, but hey, she did a really good job, so I, I can't fault her for that. Okay, next up is Aladdin, okay, who 37th all time, okay? Now, Beauty and the Beast was not even on the top 50. Aladdin, not even in the top 50. Now, Aladdin's at 37th all time, okay? Again, casting star power right they go after will smith they get him they bring him in oh my gosh duh that movie's gonna blow up now so will smith pushes up the star power to this movie really gets it pumped and 37th all time very good quality film and again this was not in the top 50 it was not in the top 50 before and now it's there uh, at least aladdin the the animated one was not and it is there now because of this live-action film. So Disney has taken that property and now, boom, elevated it again, right? Now, I don't think the film was strong enough to really catapult what they're doing with Aladdin, like at the theme parks and things like that. I, I don't see them doing, like, a sequel or anything. Maybe they do. I really enjoyed the 40 Thieves animated sequel, but I don't see it happening. Say would be the beast. There's no reason to really, you know, do a sequel there. And they didn't do one, so, you know, I think that's fine that they don't do one. Um, I think the films are great the way they are. Maybe they go back to it at some point, and, you know, we'll see what happens. Because they did do some kind of, I think it was a prequel for Beauty and the Beast. They, they did something there. Um, and they've done three, uh, I believe, three Aladdin movies. And they also did the TV series as well. So, who knows? We will see what happens with them, but I think that this just shows, again, that live-action adaptation just gives you an elevated platform for your animated film. So I can, I can see Disney continuing to do this down the line. I think they're going to definitely keep jumping to do this. Um, next one is 
well, actually, this is the last one to make the top 50. Um, and that's Alice in Wonderland with Johnny Depp. Okay. So Johnny Depp, obviously his star power helped to elevate that one as well. And that did a really good job. It, it helped the film, you know, jump into the top 50. Alice in Wonderland was not there before. And so, yeah, I think it was good. I think it was a really good concept, really good idea. I actually really enjoyed the movie, too. I thought Johnny Depp's character was amazing. But um, it was somewhat creepy, like, you know, the ending and the way the Jabberwocky was. Like, the, some of those things were a little creepy and kind of out there. Um, so I could see a little bit of, like, you know, kind of darker type people that think a little bit darker and things like that. You know, probably Harry Potter fans that are Slytherin fans. You know, those types of people probably really liked Alice in Wonderland, the live-action adaptation, like, more than me, even though I really enjoyed it. Uh, but I think those would be the mega fans. Um, yeah, so anyway, getting into it now, like, those are the big hits, right? Those that jumped up into the top 50, they've been so good. But then there's definitely been some misses along the way, Right? So let's take a look at some of those. So you have Mulan. Obviously, everybody knows. Recently came out. COVID affected it. They had to stream it on Disney+. Plus. They lost. Disney lost about $100 million on that film. Lost about $100 million on that film. Now, that's not to say they're not going to make up for that in merchandising. It's not to say they're not going to make up for it in, you know, I mean, they can take some losses on these movies because nowadays, if you're if you're doing movies from a streaming standpoint, you're always going to take a loss because you're not, pay, you're not making people pay extra for those movies. And they did in this case, and it didn't outweigh the... the the cost of the movie and obviously I get that but there's a reason people subscribe they subscribe for the content so if you're making more if you don't make any more content you're gonna lose subscribers and your whole thing's gonna fall so you will take hits on these just so you keep having enough content to keep your subscribers up because really your subscriber amount annually is what's gonna dictate your actual budgets and whether you profit or not so you're not really gonna be able to track that anymore the way that we have been if people continue going to this you know this streaming platform straight to streaming but anyway so if you look at the film you look at the people who paid for the film through disney plus 100 million dollars that they lost again they're gonna get their merchandising they're gonna get some people who buy it on amazon or whatever later on they're going to get um you know not not just not, if you think about merchandising there's other things through merchandising licensing and things like that that they're gonna get royalties and all that stuff for as well so they're going to make their money. They're going to be fine. It's not like they really lost $100 million. They're going to make that money back. But um, it definitely wasn't a success by any means. It was not a success from what they wanted and what they expected out of the film. Okay? Now, why is that? Take a look at it. Look at Aladdin. They brought in Will Smith. They brought in Johnny Depp for Alice in Wonderland. Beauty and the Beast. They brought in Emma Watson. Okay? And then The Lion King. All you got to do is bring in a bunch of fuzzy animals. Like, Come on, who's going to not watch that? And I think they had some iconic voices to it as well. But you look at Milan, and who do they have? You know, not, I mean, from America's standpoint, not very much. You know, they had this really great Chinese actress. Um, you know, I've, I have a brother-in-law who um, is dating uh, someone from China right now, and uh, when we were watching the film, she talked about how she's like so famous in China. So I get that. I understand it. Um, but it didn't really bring in, 
any stars that we would know here in the U.S. And, and I think, yeah, Jet Li was in it or whatever, but uh, but that just didn't, I didn't do enough for it, right? So I think that, um, along with COVID, definitely made it, definitely hurt it. I think it would have done a lot better if COVID had not happened. And I think I don't think it would have hit the 50. I don't think it would have went in the top 50. But I think it would have done a lot better than what it what it's been shown. Now, tons of people have watched this after it's been on Disney Plus for free. And so those are the people that would have paid a ticket to go see it, but they didn't want to pay for Disney Plus because they knew they'd get it another month later. So th th that's the dollars that you can't really equate. So again, I don't think it really lost that much, but it definitely wasn't a full success. Next is Cinderella, okay? This film was marked, like, it was marked over by a couple of other adaptations. So I think fans were tired of it. You know, like other places have done Cinderella. It's not like Disney owns a lot of the franchises of these. Like, you know, when you got Cinderella and you got some of these other ones, that you know, Pinocchio and stuff like that, like those are not characters that Disney owns. They didn't develop that. They didn't develop those stories. Those stories come from folklore, children's tales, those types of things, and they just adapted them into movies and things like that. So because of that, other people can do adaptations of these characters, and they have, especially in Cinderella. And because of that, I think people saw these non-Disney-funded adaptations that clearly didn't meet the mark for Disney fans, and Disney said, you know what, we don't want to we're tired of Cinderella right now. So they didn't go and, and, and watch this Cinderella film. Now, obviously, there was no star actors in it either. They didn't do a good job marketing it. But that film did not do really well. And that is because all the above. No stars. No marketing. People were tired of it from other people's adaptations that didn't do good. Like, there you go. So that's that's a recipe to, to fail right there. Next is Christopher Robin. Okay, now this movie, my, my wife is a huge, huge Winnie the Pooh fan, okay? Like, she's as big of a Winnie the Pooh fan as Pooh is of Honey. And so, because of that, I obviously watched this film with her. Now, we loved it. Absolutely loved it. I think it was so good. I loved seeing Ewan McGregor, the guy who plays Obi-Wan Kenobi, play in that film. I think he did a great job. And the story was cute. It was cute. Now, I didn't really like the adaptation of Winnie the Pooh and all of them. I think they could have looked a bit different. I think they looked a little too grungy and things like that to me. I, I don't know if that's even really how it is, but that's the word that comes to mind when I'm thinking of it. But that film, great story, and really, it's a good, heartful film. And if you guys have not seen Christopher Robin, you should watch it. And the reason why I say that, because I know many of you have not seen it. And the reason that many of you have not seen it is because the exact same problem that me and my wife had. I knew it was coming out because I follow a lot of these things. My wife, who is a huge Winnie the Pooh fan, did not even know when this movie came out. She didn't even know that it was made because the marketing was there. There, it was non-existent. I mean, they did some marketing, but it wasn't enough. Okay, they had a good actor in place. They didn't market it. And it fell flat on its face because of that. So it's a good concept. It's a great character. It's a great IP. You definitely should have put some marketing to it, and it would have done better. But they lacked the marketing behind it when they put it in theaters. The next one is Mary Poppins. And I know this one was a little more successful than these other ones we talked about, but it still was not fully successful. I, like, 
it was successful and it's brought back and kind of revitalized Mary Poppins in a way from what it was. But it did not do what I think it should have done. Mary Poppins, when it first came out, I mean, it was a huge thing. It was a huge fad, and everyone loved the Mary Poppins thing. Um, you know, my uh, my in-law is crazy about Mary Poppins. I, yeah, I don't know why, but, you know, they, they love their Mary Poppins, right? And when this came out, you know, good film, I mean, quality film, but the thing is that... Um, they and they and they put a star to it. They put a star to it as a quality film. They marketed it pretty well, also. But I I don't understand why exactly it fell on its face. I think the marketing just wasn't strong enough. I think they could have been a bit stronger on the marketing, and it might have hit better. But to me, is probably some of the story arc. It was probably some of those things that pulled away from some of the traditions and things. So it probably didn't feel enough like the old Mary Poppins in a way to make it something where people were like gonna go again a second time or whatever and that's really would have bumped up would have bumped up the gross uh ticket revenue and things like that from that movie so anyway you know good film whatever but now we look at the continuous trend we see from the films who didn't perform astonishingly well are those uh you know disney didn't market like crazy if they if you don't market it, if you don't put dollars behind it you're not going to get people to go if you don't know it's in the theaters, you can't go see it. Disney has proven if there is a strong following that a live-action adaptation will succeed. But you have to be sure everyone knows about that movie. Could you imagine how much Disney would rake in for a live-action Frozen film? I mean, absolutely rake it in. Obviously, they're not going to do that right now. They're going to ride the wave for a while still. Um... And, you know, later on, they'll, they'll definitely do it. But, yeah, I mean, they would just absolutely crush it, you know? And you could actually have Dwayne The Rock Johnson actually be Maui in it, so that would be interesting. But I'd like to see what would happen if Pixar's main competitors would look into some things like this. You know, DreamWorks and Illumination, uh, you know, th those are, you know, the, the big competitors of Pixar. And if you look at them, you got How to Train a Dragon, you've got Shrek, you've got Minions, you've got Kung Fu Panda. Those would all be good starts, right? They really would be good starts. You know, you got things like Trolls that are huge. You know, my nieces love Trolls. So those are things I think people could really do that would really stand out. Uh, from a competitor standpoint, and I don't know why they haven't tried it. I really don't. Uh, I think, again, those ones we talked about, How to Train a Dragon, Shrek, Minions, Kung Fu Panda, and, and the Trolls. And there's other ones, obviously. But I think all of those would be top ones to try and do as a live action, and they could succeed. But anyway, yeah, again, today's topic. Hope you guys liked it. Uh, we'll wrap things up here. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you know, again, it's just educating you on live actions, seeing the trend that we're seeing now. There's some we didn't even talk about, like the Jungle Book, which was amazing adaptation. Uh, so you guys make sure to go watch that. But uh, yeah, I mean, is there any live action adaptations you guys want to see? Are there any old cartoons, things like that, that you guys would like to see ad adapted to live action reboots or remakes today that you think would do really well? I know I've got a list of like so many. But I think it's a great trend. I hope we continue to see it from Disney, as I believe we're going to for many years to come, uh, which is great. 
but yeah, there's a lot to be excited for and, and look forward to. So yeah, for me and Aurora, we will uh, let you guys get back to your day. All right. Thank you. Have a great one.